And we are live. Hi guys, welcome to the episode of the Real Social Podcast. I'm your host David, and the suspense is over. This jet spends. I mean, I saw that on Twitter. I just decided to just try and use it here, but it didn't sound as good as I wanted to sound. As it, as as good as I had, thought it sound in my head, didn't sound like that. But anyways, bottom line is the sports have going their man and their other targets, which will make him their sixth signing. And at the time of recording, he's doing his medical. Now we don't know when we're going to get an announcement because it's a Friday, so. I'm gonna get, I don't know if we're gonna announcement today because it's hardly happened except they can do the media recordings and everything in time then announcing probably before the day runs out probably be able to do something like that and then or it could be announced on Saturday morning anyways whichever one the fact that sports are getting their money is most important the person they've chased for for a long for pretty much a long time I mean this transfer has dragged on and on and on so talk about that in today's episode there's the other target, creative midfielder, and a centre back, and I wish no opinion for a striker. I don't know about that. We'll talk about that in this episode today. And then um, I'll talk. We're gonna, we're gonna after talking about sports, we're gonna talk about some other teams. Um, yeah, we're gonna do some some window watching, some window pocket watching, right? So we're gonna talk about Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean that's the big story at the moment. Um, it's getting rejected by most clubs. So as it stands, the clubs who you think would want him are outrightly saying they do not want to sign him. And um, well, it's gonna be interesting. And then um, Kulibali, I'm gonna talk about Kulibali, and also why I'm talking about Kulibali is and oh, Nesanaki also, uh, Metanaki, Kimpembe. Why? Because these are players that um, are of interest to Chelsea, or until this morning, Nesanaki stopped being an interest to Chelsea because um, the interest has ended basically. So, we're meant to see if that will be reopened. But we'll talk about that. Why I'm talking about that is because I want to talk about sports fans and why a lot of fans are sort of overreacting, you know, to the sort of reacting to Chelsea's moves in the, in the window so far and also Lissandro Martinez and um, is about to go to United so it's very 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 it's, it, when the, things are moving things are moving I think I wasted so much time in this intro let's get into this episode <laughs> okay so as you heard in the intro Jet Spence it's fine, it's getting close, and it's about to be baseball's player very soon, depending on when they announce. But, anyways, I'm gonna talk about Jet Spence today because um, it's been this transfer that has really dragged on, it has dragged on longer than it should, in my opinion. Longer than it should, because it's a deal that you know every single party wanted to get done, but one party they're trying to get one. So, you know, in as much as you could be a bit you know irritated by the behavior of one party, you can understand why. What they're trying to do, they're trying to make as much money as they can from the deal. But you know, and sports are like, listen, you know, you guys loaned him out last last um, last year, right? You loaned him out last year because of bad attitude and all that etc. Basically, you're and when he left on his contract, now, and then when it, it when he was performing well at Nottingham Forest, um, they voted if they want to bring him back. You all you all you all said no. So you clearly do not want the player. I mean, your manager, um, um, the manager do not does not have him in his plans so they already have full backs already prepared so he's not in the plans for the next season the ball is not in their court they do not have the bargaining power so they could um, mess around and end up losing him for free and basically even ruin him ruining his career you know because if he, 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 there's no plans for him at their club so they want to hold on to him and then towards turn the other one and then they move on to another target you could backfire and then the guy so it's as it just made a lot of sense for them to just sand you on the cell and move on but finally, the deal has been agreed. Um, 12.5 million pounds up front, and the add-on could rise up to 20 million. So basically, it's, um, 12 million pounds, 12.5 million pounds initial um, up front, initial fee. Then a 7.5 million pounds add-on. So these are obviously performance fees, all that stuff. I mean, it sounds like ridiculous as the last time when we saw the report that they were asking for some kind of some add-ons that were quite weird, you know, made you wonder, are these, are these guys really serious? Do you guys really want to sell this player or you're just messing around? <laughs> but the deal has been done. Now, what is Jesper going to bring to sport? I looked at his stats and listen, I never really, I've not really watched him play in a live match, like in a proper entire match. You know why? I'm not going to come, because even even the playoff final between Nottingham Forest and them, um, I think Nottingham Forest and I can't remember who, was the, who the opponents then, Nottingham Forest in the, in the playoff final, I think they played Cardiff also. I can't remember they played that final. Anyways, that playoff final didn't really show enough of Jet Spence's strengths as a fullback. Uh, I think 
And it's sort of maybe it's sort of an eye opener of the kind of role he was expected to perform at Nottingham Forest. Because Nottingham Forest were a bit more reserved in how they played or something. I don't know. Some people, some people said they were a lot more um, not as attacking as you would you would want, you would expect. But the numbers he put up, I think he had like the most dribbles in the championship. He had, I think, he, um, most dribbles in the championship. The stats were really pointing out to him attacking. I think he had six, the fourth most touches in the opposition box. I mean, that is for. A right back. So he wasn't just a right wing back, he was just a right back. Now playing in a system where he's gonna be the right wing back, it's gonna I mean a right wing back role is from a right back role, but you have a lot more license to attack as a right wing back than you would if you were a right a, not a pro, a, just a right back. Right, but but looking at the way it has, you know, it, it's like for looking at the stats, for him to put up those stats in that kind of side and I mean nobody really expected champ Nottingham Forest to make it back to the Premier League and he was part of that squad that did that, you know. So I think it's it's um it's that kind of signing that we just say okay it's really it's a really good one it's good apart from the fact that it's a fee apart from the fee I think the fact that the manager is clearly wanting because a lot of presidents have like listen since January it's that kind of deal that it's like open it's an open secret you know so both, any journalist who's breaking the story that's what's interested in him it's almost like it's an open secret so it's almost like you're just saying that the sky is blue that's how that's how obvious it was it was that sports were interested in signing Jet Spence. I think Nottingham Forest even just resigned and said, okay, well, we can't compete with Spurs for his signing. So they went and signed Nico Williams from Liverpool. So everything just pointed to Jets. I mean, Jets Spence even openly said, I think according to reports also that he told his friends, listen, I want to join Spurs, he's Spurs signed. And he knows um, Sassanion. And I think they said he's, he's from the London area. So a lot of the reasons for that transfer happening makes a lot of sense. But with Jet Spence, I'm not gonna do um, a whole in-depth stuff. But like I said, my, my whole my whole phrase this summer is like, listen, in content we trust, right? So whatever content wants, you know, you get. If content and, and the fact that we, and also remember when the season ended, there was a meeting in Italy, right? Conte had to make a decision, you know, the backing. Obviously, Patricia met him, backed, you know, what kind of players do you want, what kind of players do you want, what kind of players do you want, and so because. Conte is the kind that if he doesn't get what he wants, he moves. He's not sure that he's getting what he wants. He's going to open the door and say bye bye, right? So as it stands, we as fans, we have to understand that the signings that that are being made, it's not going to be the one that you believe that is going to be good. It's going to be made by Conte himself. So that's what sort of makes me believe that you know the signing, Conte sanctioned it, and a lot of persons have. Like, listen, this is who Conte wants. That Conte wants a guy. I think the fact that Jet Spence is coming in sort of sorts out the homegrown issue with Spurs. Where, yeah, not like they have much of an issue with with homegrown talent per se. Not like Spurs have much of an issue with homegrown players. It's just that um, they are in danger of that happening. So I think it's better you have more of them than you don't have enough of them, right? So. You know, feeling in the position with him, it's sort of a no-brainer. But there's one, there's one um, common, um, common, um, common factor in all of the signings that Spurs have been making. They are quite dominant. When I mean dominant, I mean imposing. You know, in terms of height, physical, right? So I think Richarlison is exactly six feet or five eleven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, ben Davis is six feet on the dot, but Ben Davis is not a new signing. Ben Tarko is about is about six two, right? Then you've got Kulusevski, who is new there or there about imposing, right? Physically imposing. Then you've got Jess Spence, who is like six, you know, physically imposing, right? Then you've got Besuma, physically imposing. Then you've got um, Foster, yeah, Foster is a goalkeeper, so we sort of understand his backup. But Perisic, you know, physically imposing and aggressive. So if you look at the kind of squad that sports are bringing, the kind of players that sports are bringing in. They fit the system. They probably no. Let me not say they fit. They probably fit the system that Conte wants to play. But the way he's, you know, adamant and the way they look, their profile and all that. I think that's probably why we, we there are some kind of fullbacks that a lot of sports fans were even talking about. You know, sort of doesn't make it. A lot of fullbacks were talking about. You know, don't be surprised if you know the ones you, the names you have in your head are not the ones in your head. I mean, remember the reaction when sports and Richarlison, right? Even that week, we were like, oh, the money is too much. And I listen, I disagree. I was like, listen, for for that profile, the going rate for an attacker at the moment, that is literally that's going to be the going rate for most attackers at the moment. So do not be surprised. Do not be sur- so don't be surprised if you get if you get signings that you don't believe that they. And another thing. They're even long lay too. I remember long lay, you know, it's tall. Yes, I know for a centre back it has to be about that. Really not playing Premier League. But he's imposing physically. So it's that kind of uh, profile, I suppose. And another thing that's quite common is sports, you know, I saw a tweet this morning and I think it's from Daniel Kirkpatrick. 
than KP on Twitter. And then he tweeted, and this was, this made a lot of sense. So since 2019, or 2019 to when Conte joined, right, that time frame, Spurs are getting rid of the the businesses they did. Spurs are getting rid of all of them. So you're looking at Bergwijn and Dombele, uh, Celso, Reggie Reggie too about to leave. Um, Reggie about to leave. Um, who else again? I mean, Ori has already. Ori, okay, Ori was before that though. But the the point here is most of the signings that Spurs made in that time frame, they are about to offload them. So they're about to to offload them. So it means all, well, let's say before Paratici joined rather, because if you say pra, because Romero was signed in general, so the Paratici was more like a new era. But every sign, most of the sign, all the most of the signings that Spurs have made, even in that time frame, Spurs are close to shifting them out. I think Doherty, I mean, did an interview. Doherty is likely gonna stay. I probably feels fit, and if he feels he can play the style, why not? You know, if he feels because I mean, before he got injured, Conte really played him a lot and really rated him. Even played him on left wing back. I had, when Cecilia was injured, he didn't play Reggion, he played Doherty at left wing back. And Doherty is also, you know, physically imposing. So, listen, I think a lot of the fans who are actually doubting Conte and you know, being upset about the signings that because they don't, they're not tropical enough, or because the signings do not. You know, get you off your seat. Do not make the rivals feel jealous about you, because it's because it's not really a signing that you've penciled down as the next wonder kid. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, who's gonna play them? It's Conte. It's not you. You know, so even if you think this, I was saying it to you. Someone was like, "Listen, oh, we don't want um, just a trainer." I think that was like, you know, this thing I spent. I was like, so mention the names. You mentioned Baku. You mentioned Single. I think you mentioned another right back. Most of you guys mentioning these fullbacks, you've never seen them play. I'm willing to bet that you guys have not seen these guys play. A lot of you have not. I mean, this is one thing about Twitter, right? And a lot of the football culture. And Twitter, the, the, the funny the thing is this, right? One thing a lot of football fans forget is, we underrate rather, is the power of Twitter and the power of the big accounts on Twitter. Now, a lot of them do not really see that. And look, look for example, the narrative around Clement Longley, right? Now, I'm not saying Clement, we're not saying Longley is going to be a fantastic signing yet. I'm, I'm not saying that. But when you look at the stats, you can understand why Conte wants him. If Conte wants the player, that's what everybody like, listen, let's back Conte, whatever Conte wants. I'm, it is whatever Conte wants until it's not a signing that you want. <laughs> it makes you want that you can brag. So look at back what I was saying, right? Twitter is like this, right? This person tweets this thing out. That's just one of the big accounts. They tweet this thing out. Now there's this fear of the other big accounts also. There's this fear of them not wanting to be left out, not wanting to be seen as not having ball knowledge. You know this this need to want to this need to want to um, be among the group rather than actually seeing that and thinking for yourself. It's something that is really really very, that's very very common. And obviously, it's a human is human nature, but it's most human nature though. But in football Twitter, it's very prevalent. So most people will mention. Come along, the names they mentioned. Now, most people hated Clement Longley, right? Yes, I understand, you know, he had really poor in the last few years, the last two years, but you love you ignoring the fact that, listen, since that 8 2 demolition against Bayern, the whole thing just, that's when the whole, the, the crumbling started, and Barcelona were a bit of a mess. Why don't you just give this guy a chance? You don't want to give him a chance. Okay, Jet Spence, the manager wants the player, but no. So one person mentions Baku, one person mentions Single, one person, one person mentions Baku, Single, or Molina. Most of you have never seen them play. Most of them have never, I'm to bet they've never seen them play, because a lot of you do not watch leagues outside the, outside the English league, and that's just the truth. You would, and even if you tell them, how many games have you watched from that particular league, they will tell you, um, I've seen him play 10 times. You'll be shocked that the 10 times that this, he, he saw him play was probably not even the complete 10 times. Probably maybe some compilations and some 10 minutes, 20 minutes here and there. And obviously one... You know, most of you don't really do this thing. So sometimes, it makes me wonder if people are just and actually sit and think for themselves. The gen- so, a lot of you have not seen these guys play, the Baku and Co play, but you just want them because why? A big account said, this player is good and this player is not good. And now, and this, and let, let's even talk about the, um, excuse me, the reactions to the Koulibaly signing for Chelsea, right? Now, listen, I'm one of those who was like, listen, Koulibaly, I was talking about it, but but when when I was like, listen, Koulibaly, even during, when I saw Chelsea moving, Chelsea were closed, I was like, why didn't Spurs even just try, even before Chelsea were interested, why didn't Spurs try to get him? Well, that's not, the one thing I always tell myself is listen, the manager is the one who has the final say, right? At the moment, let's be real, it is. In as much as we want to say it wasn't that under porch, let's be real, things have really changed. For them to get Conte to stay, they had to agree for him to get his way. 
and listen, Spurs have really done that. I mean, listen, Spurs going to spend 60 million pounds on Richarlison. 60 million pounds, including add-ons on Richarlison, tells you that because this is not something that's supposed to be. I mean, it's probably to get somebody who's supposed to be potentially a backup for the guys up front. You know, Spurs would go to one obscure league of the backers of um, um, Portugal and just get one striker or get one French league, one French striker that has an N in the of his name or something, one wonder kid or so, and just, you know, put him at the backup. Spurs went to a Premier League team and got Richarlison, which is, and got their best player. Went to a Premier League team, got the best player, which is Pesuma also. So, Spurs have really, really made moves. You know, they've shown moves. So, when you're getting signing team, there's always going to be here and they want here and there that you don't. So, on the Koulibaly deal, Koulibaly deal, I was quite upset, but I was like, listen, the manager is getting the final say here, so we can't really get upset. The question is, is how are you sure the manager, and for someone that's practicing who has his, um, his legs inside Italy, firmly, gra- firmly, firmly to the ground in Italy, right? You, you can't tell me that he did not probably, he probably didn't suggest, con- suggest to Conte that, listen, how about this guy? And also, Paratici himself, you know, somebody who has so much, like I said, he has so much um, connections in that league. And people were talking about um, Conte's old comments on Koulibaly, right? Listen, he's not going to say talk bad about an opponent. Let's be real. How many managers have you seen? You know, if you ask a player, if you ask a manager about a player, any manager, but you see, even even if it's the worst player in the Premier League, let's, for example, right? Let's say we all know we, we think of the worst defender in the Premier League. Who's the worst defender? I know your mind is saying Maguire, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know your mind is telling you Maguire, but no, let's. Okay, fine. Let's say Maguire then. <laughs> I'm sorry, bad boy. Okay, let's say Maguire, right? Now, everybody, not not like Maguire is the worst defender, say, but it's one of the ones that's popped in my head. I told a defender who's not really up to scratch of you know what is the expectations that have been put on him. No manager is ever gonna come out and say Maguire is awful, is this. If you ask them, oh Maguire is this, I wanted to sign him for my club one time. Yes, first wanted to sign Maguire when he was at Hall City. So wanted to sign Maguire when he was at when at Hall City. So you know, if you if you think about it, you know, if if Fresno comes out and says, "Oh, I wanted to sign Maguire," oh, at Hull City, if Fresno ends up signing, getting a, a deal at maybe a club like Real Madrid or Barcelona, if you link him, even if even if Maguire is playing well, maybe at that period, you know, p- people will be like, "Oh, Fresno wants praise Maguire." You know, doesn't mean Fresno is going to sign him because at that moment he probably didn't need, doesn't need him for his system. So the Koulibaly deal, I can understand. You know why Spurs didn't go going for him? I would have wanted him for that central role with Dyer because, listen, Dyer is currently the best for that position, that central central back position, right? Even though his passing is not really good, I mean, his passing can get us in trouble a lot. But in terms of that role, because I, I, why I'm saying it's not why I think he's the best for it at Spurs at the moment. That's why I think we need somebody else also to really compete with him to for to move up his levels. Because if you think about it, um, at Spurs. When Dyer got injured, right, and there was nobody in that central role, really struggled. I think Sanchez played there, struggled. Tanganga played there, struggled. So everybody who tried that role struggled. So that role is like tailor-made for Dyer at the moment. And yes, there could be some experience in possibly, probably the time when he was playing with Adavered and Vertonghen. Sometimes when he was supposed to shoot a back three and Dyer would play in the middle. It was Manyama and Dembele in the central of the midfield. Sometimes it would be Dyer playing as a DM and then he would drop in the middle and then... Um, Ventongen and Dyer, sorry, Ventongen and um, Adavered would split, and then Dyer would be in the middle, and then you have like a back three where you have the fullbacks pushing on. You know, that was that was actually there was a system like that in place. With that experience, Dyer has carried on to him, but Dyer really knows how to play this role. But we need somebody else better. Yes, there was just some mm, here and there, some lapses here and there, some mistakes. But I, I think Dyer is probably a back a back three defender, which is good. Sort of fits suits us. But getting somebody else who can fight for Daryl and who potentially unseat him and make Daryl say, okay, listen, I have to fight for my place. Commission is very good. So that's why I wanted Koulibaly, right? But Koulibaly is probably, maybe he's suited to a back four. I don't know. Because like, there are reasons why you might just think, you might just have to, what if he's suited, more suited to a back four and not suited to the Conte system that he wants to play? What if this, because that central role is really difficult to play. So I can understand. But I would want a top, top, top center back. But the thing is, how how many are really available that we really think? Because I mean, aside we all know Conte wants Bastoni and 
or Giavidol, any of the two of them, for the left-sided role. But that central role, we don't really know who that is. It's going to be Longley who's going to play that role. But there's a report, there's, I, I followed Premier League channel and he was talking about how he doesn't really think Longley might play that role. What if Longley can't? What if Longley can't? We don't know, but we still, I think we might see another centre back because according to reports, you know, sports are really in for centre back and another. But I'll talk about that eventually. But talking about all these signings, I just think sports fans do not, should not really worry themselves. But I just worry about the manager, what the manager wants. The manager, worry about the manager getting what he wants and or not getting what he wants. Just that's what you have to be worried about. If you're worried about who you think it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's going to make, it's going to play. And all that. Oh, and also, there's one of that um, quick laugh for laugh. I saw some YouTube clips, some clips on Twitter yesterday of Kulisevsky, you know, um, embarrassing um, Kulibali. And also, there's one of Salah embarrassing Kulibali. So, could that be an issue? Could that be something where he struggles with those kind of players? I don't know. But we'll, it's left to see. But I I still think it's a good signing for Chelsea. I think Kulibali has really had, is really of good conduct in terms of. All through his time at Napoli, when he was linked with moves away, he always really he always respected his his um, contract for the club. He never really pushed, never really caused any trouble, nothing. You know, whenever there was a move and he just stayed put. If he moved in materialized, he would just stay put, right? But now he has probably finally gotten that move 31. It doesn't matter. What matters is that can he still play the game? Yes. If he still can, then that's fine. Chelsea, um, I think it's a good contract. Contract Chelsea have offered him. Yeah, I think it's a good deal for, for them. I think it's a th- three-year or four-year contract. I would have liked Koulibaly, but at the end of the day, it's up to what the manager wants, and that, for me, is what's most important. Speaking of what the manager wants, um, he wants a coaching midfielder and on a centre-back, so you've started the Jet Spence deal. So, the sports are still in. I know, that's potentially a striker. Now, coaching midfielder role, a lot of persons are saying, what about Ericsson? What about Ericsson? Now, the club took a step back on signing Ericsson. So that tells you that Ericsson's ship has sailed and let's move on. And I'm surprised. Why has it not been announced at Man United yet? I'm just really surprised. Because I think it was last week or last two weeks that United, the deal was announced that they've signed Ericsson. I don't know what's the issue. But I just, you know, probably seems to be resolved very soon. Then. Maybe they might get, they might announce him after their talk. We don't know. But possibly something they could get. They could do. But the creative midfielder rule, right? There are a lot of names been thrown around, right? Lucas Paqueta. That's one that has been thrown around a lot. Listen. I think, I think the, the midfielder we're going to probably get is somebody... I, I'm not saying this is what they would get, so, but I'm saying that for me, I think could it be the midfielder they want to get could be one who can play on the right of the front three, right? And um, yeah, the, I think that's probably be one on the right, right three or behind the striker, that kind of you know attacking creative midfielder that could really challenge the Because you know, in the profile of Richarlison, you know, he can play across the front three, yes, but another option will be Ringo. I don't could it be could that be what Spurs want to get? Would you know could it be want to could they want to get somebody who can play as a ten and play as an eight, who can play on the right also in that system, who's versatile enough? Because I think creativity thing is very important because I remember very well in Contest Chelsea team, I think it was a back three, right? Three four three, where they had the back three, the right side was um Aspilicueta. Um, the center was John Terry. I think the left was Gary Cahill on the left side. Then the left wing back was Alonso on the left and Moses on the right. Then the two in the middle was Kante and Nemanja Matic. Then the front three was Hazard on the left, Costa up front, and on the right was, I think it was Pedro. So, excuse me. So that was the, those were the guys, that, that was the, um, those were the, that was the team here. So, look at something, that midfield central, occasionally they'll bring on Fabregas. I think there was one game where they won 1-0 and they brought Fabregas on. Fabregas entered and Fabregas created an assist and then scored. So that kind of play where there's a game that's really tight, you don't really know what to do. So at that point, you just have to throw on something. Because actually now there's going to be five subs next season. So it's very important. That rule is very important. I agree that's very important. So I don't know, but there's a rumor flying around, and me, that's personally the one I would even want. I would, I would, I would want that signing personally, because look at who's available in the market. Apart, I have an agenda against Leon, right? Olympic Leon. Since Karim Benzema, right? They've not really had a successful. They, how many players have left Leon and gone on to big things and gone on to really play well in that league? Most recently, it was Bruno Guimaraes. Now Bruno Guimaraes is the most recent one that has left there. And, now, does that mean that there's a, there's, a, there's a turn in the tide? I don't know, but Gimaraes is probably the first one since Benzema who has really left and really gone somewhere else and made his mark in another league. Over time, since that, since the Benz, I think Benzema did, right? Since Benzema back in, to Real Madrid back then, so they've had other signings, they've really moved on. So they moved on in Dombele, hasn't really done well, right? Flopped at sports. Clinton NJ flopped at sports. Lacazette, 
um, had some moments, had some moments, but didn't really do much at Arsenal. Eventually, Arsenal fans got to and now he's gone back to Leon, right? Like I said, it wasn't re- it was tearing it up in the league on. Sting was scoring 35 goals, I think, in all competitions in one season like that. Then, like I said, to join the Premier League, doesn't really do as much as he was doing in the French League. Now he's going back to Leon for free. Then you have, um, now, Nabil Freke. Now, Nabil Freke, unfortunately, was a knee injury, though. I think he, he was close to joining Liverpool. Um, during Liverpool, I think he failed the medical, the move failed, fell through, and now you have um, him, and then he had to join Real Betis. That and there was a dominant effect at the time. Leon, um, Nabil Fekir joining Real Betis meant Lo Celso could leave, so it was Lo Celso replacement at Betis at the time. I think it was Betis, yeah, at um, Betis at the time. So it was like a domino, um, domino effect at the time. So now Hosemawa is being linked with move. He's likely to sign for, for Betis now. And this is Osemawal about two years ago in 2020 summer that everybody were all over like, oh, Osemawal. That's why I have an agenda against against Leon. Lucas Paqueta is one that's really, you know, really looked good for them in that league. But I've not really watched enough for him. But some of the highlights you see, obviously, you've always said, okay, has looked okay for them. But the fee, I think they're asking for close to 65 million euros. Around, around the fee, sports paid for Dombele is potentially what they will be asking for. Which I think it's, you know, if every club is allowed to value their player the way they think they can value their player. But personally, if I was the one, I would stay away from Leon. Madison is who I really think sports should sign. It's who I think sports should sign. I don't, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Madison. Why am I a huge fan of Madison? Is because um, creativity, he's got it, right? Then he's, he knows the league inside out. He has a lot of minutes in his legs, right? So he knows the league proper. He's a free kick expert. I think last season he had 18 assists and 12 goals in all competitions. I think I hope I don't miss the numbers up. So let's say I hate doing that goals and assist stuff, but since I'm confused about the the number, I think we also have to do that goals and assist stuff. So he has um, 30 goals and assists last season, right? That's what he was able to he got last season. 30 goals and assists. Right, across, in all competitions. Yes, you could say, oh, some of them in the Europa League and Conference Well, you can only assist what's in front of you. But in Premier League, I still saw him doing things in the Premier League. Free kicks, he, he still has that in his locker. So, with someone like Madison, you, you, you're you getting a quality player straight up. And yes, the amount of money, trust me, the amount of money you would pay, I think is worth it. Well, let's test me. Forget, for, don't forget there's inflation, the market. Don't, even, don't look at the market with the same way you're looking at the market in 2014 or 2013. Even 2015. That's how much football has changed within that short space of time. So when the 20s where you know football transfers are, are ridiculous, you know, the way they cost, you know, the way they the way they move in the market these days, it's ridiculous, right? When it was back to what I was saying, Madison, I think, because with Madison, can play behind the striker, right? Can play as an eight, he can play as a ten as a number eight, number eight. So there's a space in the middle for him to come, to play occasionally. Can he play on the right? I don't know about that, but depends on the kind of role because maybe the role he I don't know about that though because I think I've but I know I've seen him play behind Shrakam at uh, number eight. But on the right, I don't know if he has. But him joining will give Spurs chance to switch up the op- formation to another because even if it's Paul is sending Eric, listen, it's Paul is sending Ericsson, like most of these fan base wanted. Is between number ten and number eight Ericsson will have to play, right? Which maybe in, in the in the midfield in a three five two where you have two number eight, you probably have Ericsson Benzaco, but now you probably have in the, in the midfield 3 5 2. You probably have who maybe Besuma and then um, maybe um Benzaco, Besuma, and um Madison, or maybe maybe Besuma, I think Besuma and Benzaco are probably a bit too similar. Maybe Hoy Beer, Besuma, and Madison, right? You know, that's that vibe where it's rotating so that's even skip Besuma, um, Madison. Or Madison, Bentacorp, Skip. You know, it's that kind of option again. And that's for me is why I think I think Madison. Madison really fits sports like a glove in terms. Of, and maybe he might be able to play on the right. If depends. I don't know. I would like to. I, I don't know if he can. But he's a good trade and he maybe they might try that option though. But it looks like somebody who might be able to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. But I don't know much about that. But for me, I think Madison would be very good signing for sports. I, I think it would be. You know, I, I can't think of any after Ericsson, I can't think of any other playing that that could fit that position proper for Spurs. You know, at the moment, that is that probably available in the market than Madison at the moment. I don't know if it's available. Depends on what you call available. I think you, depending on the money you pay and you've come available right now. But depends on what you call available, though. Does he want to leave? Does he want to make, take that challenge? Depends. But Madison is that guy for me. I think 
for Spurs, I think he would really be a good signing for Spurs. And and also, does it mean is it that Spurs are going to sign a player in the mode of Zaniolo? What I mean in the mode of Zaniolo, somebody who's going to play on the right and can cut inside the left and probably create from the right. Probably similar to the role Ericsson played under Pochettino, where he was playing on the right, the creative role. I don't know. Is that what we're going to see? Is that the kind of proof we're going to see? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see who they get for that role because whichever they get, whoever they get, I think it will be really good. But I personally, maybe it's me being selfish, but Madison is the one. I think Madison is the one that would really fit sports. In the way they want to play the system, it's a freaking expert. Do not forget that. Very, very important. The freaking expert. And that's for me, is one. I think sports has appointed a set piece coach. The amount of points you will get from set pieces, from free kicks, you know, you can't really underrate this, especially for a season that will potentially be fiercely contested. If you look at how the teams who finished above sports are, are moving the market. Uh, yeah, Man City have really moved really well in terms of their options, they strengthened their options, right? And then you've got Liverpool who, yeah, they've still got the same, about the same though, but they still move and move, strengthen some positions. I think their right back position, they got in somebody else there. I think they got in on that striker. So they've moved and made strengthening position, right? Then Chelsea, about, they're about to sign, about to sign, they signed, they got in Koulibaly, they got in Sterling, right? They're about to get Koulibaly. And now Kim Pembe could be on their so it's going to be I think the, the extra points to really get close out the gap and all that you might need as much extra points as possible so I really think you know set pieces is where it will come in penalties yes sports sports are really good at penalties I mean, Hurricane is very good at penalties right then you've got corner kicks yes sports don't really score as much the set piece coach could solve that then the free kicks you know sports really need options long range shots you know Bissouma is good at that Perisic can do that two footed also so sports really need as much um options as much stuff as much help as possible for next season that's what i think though but i, I think then for yeah i that's the only message coming to my head madison i can't think of any other one i've not even moved by paqueta honestly actually when you think about when you consider that the amount of money you would paqueta could cost might be close to the same amount or a little bit more but by, by more than that for what you pay for Madison, but that's my name. But for CCB role, I think central back role. I think I've spoken about central back, so let's center back. Let's over. But then, last, before I leave, talk about leave um, this whole subject alone. The Jets spends the deal. I want to talk about it quickly. For everybody who's doubting sports, I, I saw a tweet, I think from Jacko, um, a Twitter and um, sports tweet, tweet, sports fan, or Twitter, Italian sports fan, right? Jacko, he said, he tweeted, he said, listen, if you look at Conte's um, Serie team, and I looked back at it too, he made a lot of sense, sort of juggling memory. The full backs, the wing backs were Lee Steiner, and um, on the left side, oh, who was the first one? I think it was, um, there was somebody, it was Jacarini, Emmanuel Jacarini. Emmanuel Jacarini played in Sunderland, um, he played in Italian in City House, he played in um, the Euros 2016, very influential in the role he plays. He played with left wing back, I think for Juventus at the time. Then eventually, it's not the only one Syria with that wing back. Then I think they swapped that position. Evra came in later. Patches Evra played left wing back too. Um, um, this other person, it was also Lickstein. Lickstein was a consistent um, feature. He had that position nailed down. They had Padua Samoa at one point playing left wing back. Then years later, they had um, who? They had um, this guy, right wing back, Lickstein,er and there was another one I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who that one is. But anyways. I think that was one. Then for Italy, I think it was Jacarini also. I can't remember who was the right wing back at Italy at the time. But that Italian score wasn't really good in 2016. The guy really scripts. You're looking at the bare bottom. Really what the scripts really form a team. Then at, at Chelsea, it was Moses and Alonso. I mean, these are wing backs who many people will see. I'm like, hmm. If you would really, if, even at the time, you're like, nah, I don't think this guy would really cause enough threats. But you saw what he was able to do with them, right? Then you look at uh, at Inter Milan. I mean, those Hakimi was is potentially the best one ever that he has ever had, right? In terms of right wing back. So I, I don't think that's a good enough example. But my point here is making that he has shown that he, if you look at list and I went to Arsenal performed. I think it's proved that. And look at how Quadra did when he left. I think he went to another club. I can't remember. I think it was Nazi or something. But my point here is this, right? If you look at the way all these players are when countries left them, even Alonso too, another right. It means one thing that. He knows how to do what to do with fullbacks. When got, remember Alonso? Remember Alonso when he was at Sunderland? He was alone at Sunderland from Fiorentina. Went back, then Chelsea signed him. I was a little laughing at the signing that time. So Conte, he knows how to work his magic with his wingbacks. Potentially, if you do that, and with someone like Spence, with the number of Spence is coming in with, you know, it could really bode well for him. 
and then you look at Perisic, what he could bring, and Doherty, who have to fight for it. Then he's fighting with Doherty, so Doherty looks really looks looked really good first season and last season ended before he got that injury. Then look at uh, season. So I think for the fullback, the wing back positions, it's one that sports can really benefit from. Yeah. Then um I don't think anybody should really worry anymore. I, I, I trust Conte enough to know what to do with the signings. But anyway, that's all. After a while with sports. Hopefully, we get our right way, our, our creative midfielder and our centre back. Oh, striker for a goal. The striker role is one that is interesting. I don't. I'm. I'm surprised. You know, surprised and not surprised because um, you know, sports sign with Charles can play called the front three, so it means they have four attacking options for three positions. But does it mean sports won't? If you look at five subs next, does it mean sports won't another attacking person on the bench to give them extra options? Because if you look at the way um, this guy moved, you know, if you look at um, next season, right? I think Richarlison is missing the first game against um, Southampton, so he's going to be playing against Chelsea. Now, you can't really leave yourself that open because Richarlison is not going to be an option on the first day, so you're going to be having just the three attackers up front and hope that they work out against Southampton. Right, so but we need attacking options on the bench. So that's why even I've not talked about the listing. I think Spurs should finally get one more striker. Usually, if Paris is going out on loan, then Scarlett preferably going out on loan. Some of the young players. So Spurs may need you know somebody else. So I don't. I saw. I think Depay was somebody who was mentioned also. Spurs would be interested. But the fact that Spurs are looking for a striker, I think they are just observing the market. It's not really priority. They're just observing the market to see how it's going to know if. They can if, if something maybe if an, if an opportunity opens up, they they're too good to pass them. They're just growing and getting the player. So I think that is what the striker stuff. But I would really want sports. I I really want sports to get on that striker. I think sports should get one more. You know, just to really for five five or five players for three positions is much better than having to have four for three. Let them fight it out. Let them really slog it out and refight for that position. I think that will make a lot of sense. You know, especially somebody who will play on the right, preferably not like you are stuck on the right per se, but you could play also across the front three. That kind of that profile of player is one that I think sports should really try and consider. But there's a lot of money. I think they see if you look at the way sports have spent so far, they still have a lot of money in, in their war chest to really go and make signing. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they move in the remaining days of the window. Anyways, I think that's all with sports. Let's go to Chelsea. As I already mentioned already, Kulibali and Akipembe and Netanaki. Netanaki is as, we, as I said in the intro. Netanaki is staying back at Man City. Looks like Chelsea have could be interested in him. Now it's Kimpembe. He's likely going to be the one they're getting in, right? I think a lot of fans are panicking. I already said it. And I felt like, listen, you know, what the manager, what Conte wants is what Conte wants. It doesn't matter whether you think it's flashy or not. But with Chelsea, I think their new owner has really gone in and really backed him. Kimpembe has a partnership with um, Tuchel. You know, went to Chelsea at PSG, so um, that signing makes a lot of sense. You know, I can understand where it's coming from. They know each other, so that's why it can make sense that they're trying to to sign Kimpembe. Then you got Kulibali, then you have who Thiago Silva, the central back, center back. So they're they're center back option. I think with Kulibali and Kimpembe, they've, they've already replaced who Rudiger and and um, Christensen, which um, I think is a, sort of an upgrade. Apart from the Rudiger guys, which is the, sort of sort of sort of like for like slash upgrade i don't know if it's much of an upgrade but it's what i mean, it doesn't mean an upgrade. you know you know you continually get sort of similar qualities with the players they're getting in and then if, which they won't be losing their lewis Cowell, which is one of their young prospects center center back and they want to say which is what chelsea are really good at i mean i'm not like it's a bad thing they have to run a show where they want they want to win so they're going to get established players over up, up and coming talent i think the position is already taken by chaloba so that's spot for somebody who will learn under the ropes and try and fight for his spot, I think that's what you think about Chalaba. So they have to to fight for it, right? And that's what I think, though. But it's going to be interesting to see. When Kimpembe, well, I think if the valuation is met, potentially it could be done. But it doesn't mean PSG have good interest in Skriniar. That's one question that has left to be answered. I do not know if they will try and go back in because Skriniar has gone back to training. And that opens another door of whether Bastoni could be leaving because Inter Milan needs to raise some money in this window. But we'll see how that goes. But listen, um, I think Chelsea still have some more work to do in terms of the window. I think, you know, yes, they have to replace their defenders that left. And also, they have to get another left wing back to get to replace Alonso. So it's, it's, it's something that they should be doing. Then Lukaku has gone, but they've gotten who? Um, Sterling in. Um, Sterling is a really good Sterling. I think Sterling is a good signing for them on paper. 
right but depends on what he's the role is going to be fulfilling at because you remember when i think there was this theory seen on twitter i don't know if it's a theory but it's fact though that Mourinho gives his attacking players a lot more freedom than guardiola does and with the kind of goals sterling have been has been scoring in that city a lot of his goals they've not really been outrageous not really been just goals that really showed his quality yes there was ones here and there but i'm talking about straight quality in the sense if you look at him at liverpool then he had more of a free role at liverpool then and you know he yes he was just all over the place but it was really good in that 34 that season when they had them um, suarez right um suarez sterling team was sss up front right he's telling playing as a in the diamond between suarez and and storage at that time you know they had the 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 um they had the, they they had selling had a lot more freedom then other guys like didn't really have that much freedom so it was more of like a specific you know so at chelsea would they give him that freedom uh, because guardiola when guardiola does that it tends to work because he knows how to you know like how they work in a particular zone what the result they expect to produce on that in that zone that they occupy at that space in time so we do not know if that's going to be the case but for me, I think Sterling is a good sign. If you on paper, it's going to be to be seeing how Tuchel will utilize him. But I still think Chelsea still need to do some work up front because if you look at the options that they have after signing Sterling. I saw I saw an eleven yesterday from Chelsea from Chelsea fan on Twitter. I was like, it still doesn't have just it doesn't have creativity. I mean, it was I think it was it was I think it was a back. It was three four three, right? They put in the usual back three, right? Then they put in wing backs, Chiwell and um, James, right? At wing backs, then through the middle in the central central midfield position. Um, it was Conte and um, Kovacic, and then the front three was who? St- Sterling, is it Werner, Sterling, and no, Sterling, Havertz, and Mount. Or like this team doesn't have any creativity, and it's true. If you look at Chelsea's front five, there's not really enough. So I think they still have to do some more work in terms of creativity, in terms of who they bring in. I think they have to do a lot more work in creativity area, especially, you know. But it remains to be seen if they do that, though. But anyways, that's it then. Yeah, that's all actually on Chelsea. Sterling currently. <laughs> um, obviously, I will hope Chelsea never does well. We all know that that's fact. But looking at this, their new owner, the way their owner is moving, I don't know if trying to get their fans on the side or it's just moving out to back um, to Chelsea. But so far, it has really looked. Um, it has looked okay. Maybe it's sort of maybe it's the hype that's making people feel like they've done okay. But I think they seem to do a lot more work. But it must be seen they do that though. I mean, that's my take on that one. Then let's go to Man United now. Ronaldo. Signing. I think this is probably the big story of today's episode. But I saw why this is mentioned first of all because that's probably the last take, last um, sort of um, segment or rather the last um figure I have to mention in this today's episode. So Lissandro Martinez, right, is close to signing with them. Oh, if I even forget De Jong also, right? De Jong, I'll talk about the Jong deal too. I don't know that one just came to my head last night. I just remember the last minute. So Lissandro Martinez, um reports are that they've agreed a fee. I think he's about to join Man United. So um, this sort of makes this sort of like a joke because Arsenal fans were creating um, memes, you know, Photoshop images of him in an Arsenal shirt, only for this to happen. <laughs> it's, it's funny to see. I won't lie. It's really, really funny. But listen, if you look at Lissandro Martinez, his height. Well, I always talk about it. His height is always going to be a factor in the Premier League. How many Premier League centre backs you see that are under six feet? Now, I, I, I like listen. I don't really know if this is, is, is it going to be brought in for what is it going to be brought in to do. You know, I don't want to pair him up with Varane. But even if you pair him with Varane, Varane can't help him out all the time. He told us in the back who's not going to help him out all the time. Are you going to... Because they will target him. Players will target him. In set-piece situation, they will target him. He's not really tall. And no matter how you say it's a leap or it could be... An, it, could be it's not, it doesn't matter how... Listen, if you're tall, there's always an advantage there. What about the... the, the you're, yeah, I know if you're shorter, if you read the game better, you can still match on somebody who's taller than you. Right? But... But... The height advantage will always show once in a while. And what if that once in a while is what costs you? I d- See, I don't know much about the guy, but the height is what sticks out for me. And that's what I think for a Premier League centre-back, ah, I don't really know about that. But it, it, it might end up being a story. People talk, people talk about Cannavaro, who is not really tall. I think he's about 5'7 or 5'9 or less. He wasn't up to 6 feet. Cannavaro, yes. He can already play in Premier League. I'm not saying Premier League is better than any league he played, you know. I'm saying that the kind of oppositions you will face in Premier League from the kind that you meet in certain leagues, right? The oppositions where they would, re- I mean, look at teams like West Ham who would really set out to target you on set. I think West Ham were, were so good at set pieces last season. They were the top scorers in set pieces last season. There are teams that are really out, you know, they would really plan out set pieces because of you. You know, there are teams that take those parts of the game seriously. Even teams that are just coming up. A team like Nottingham Forest would, I mean, 
mention Tawa Uni, who's a striker, right? I mean, Tawa Uni, they just sent Tawa Uni. So teams like that who will come in and knowing that they can't really beat you on if on in the matchup, you they will have to find a game plan and they could use those kind of things against you. And that's where it could backfire. If they depend on what they brought, didn't bring off his ball playing ability and other qualities. If that is the case, then it's likely what we're going to be seeing. But I don't really know if I don't know about this signing for 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 for, for, for my United though. But anyways, as I said, as a football fan, personally, I don't wish United well. So it's, it's, I hope this transfer doesn't do well for them. It's normal. <laughs> I mean, United fans are also hoping that sports feel. So it's, it happens. It's, it's one of the, it's just a big six thing. So it just happens with the big six clubs. Nobody wants to to do well. It's sort of normal. So I think I'm going to return the favor when I say that. But but I joke apart. Right? I don't really know about this Sorry, Martinez signing for us for Chelsea. It's it's was, and so, United United sorry United fan was telling me that oh listen. Um, they're gonna play him as a CDM, but like, so what's the point? Why not just get a proper CDM in rather than trying to get somebody who's a center back but can play CDM and then you bring him? It's like a square peg in a round hole, you just bring him, go, oh, it just fits. Oh, yeah, let's just put like that because it fits, it doesn't work that way. But you know, it is what it is, and just for what we're gonna be seeing. I just find it really shocking. It, maybe it's a ball playing ability they're signing for, but it's really surprising. I won't lie, but anyways, I think that's my take on this. Then Dijon, Frankie Dijon, right from Barcelona. He wants to say he doesn't want to leave Barcelona. United are interested in signing him. I think even I think even agreed a fee. But De Jong is like, listen, he doesn't want to leave. So he's just digging his heels in and saying, I want to stay. Because he's in his dream club, Barcelona, Dream City, everything, da 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 da, you know? And he doesn't want to leave. My question is, why are United still trying to get him? Why are you trying to sign him still? Because if you think about it, why sign a player that doesn't want to join your club? He has literally told you that. I want to stay put. I want to stay here. This is my dream club and all that. But you're trying to get him to sign. It's not gonna, you know. I, I just I just find it really surprising. You really just you just take an L and just okay. Listen, it doesn't work out. Let's keep it moving. But for some odd reason, you're trying to get him to sign. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is, it is what it is. But it's really funny, you know, seeing these things play out. It's really funny. And United are still on this deal. Why not just get somebody else in? Because if he gets him in and he doesn't play as well as you want. You know, you're gonna be on you are gonna be on his back and it doesn't make any sense. Then Barcelona, the same Barcelona who are in a big mess financially, they are trying to get Bernardo Silva. There's a report that they've agreed a fee of 80 million euros with Man City for Bernardo Silva. Now, whether it's confirmed, I do not know yet, but the the, the source seems pretty reliable. It's on Barcelona's transfer, so probably reliable. But it's interesting that Barcelona are still spending money. But I'll talk about Barcelona financial issues maybe in another episode. Maybe as the, as the the days as things get clearer, we'll understand begin to understand their situations better. But yeah, that's just my take on the whole thing. Now, finally, finally, let's talk about Ronaldo's situation in United. Ronaldo, as you all know, I think last week I talked about Ronaldo wants to leave my United. Um, Champions League football is what he wants. And a lot of people are like, listen, I'm even surprised that he did. He even agreed to to stay. To stay. And when I talk about this, some fans, some fans would be surprised if he agreed to stay and play in Europa League. Probably never heard Europa League uh, song in his life. I'm talking about in terms of playing the community stadium as well. Listen, Ronaldo is 37. He wants to play in Champions League. He still wants to play in Champions League. He still believes he can. He wants to play in Champions League. He believes he's at that level, right? And you know, it's cool because if you look around Ronaldo's physically and in terms of his strength as an athlete, he's really good enough to still play. At that level, I think he just rejected these offers from the MLS and the Saudi League because he still wants to be at that level and he wants to leave my team. But he has been rejected by basically every club that we t- I thought that would sign him. So I think events are not interested. Um, Inter Milan are not interested. Bayern Munich came out openly and said, no, we're not interested. Then um, Chelsea, two Chelsea decided against the signing of Ronaldo. So even Man City are not interested. But I'm, I'm surprised, right? But last summer they told us this this why again I would question you know this whole loyalty card thing from Ronaldo because I was listening, I know you were joining he was joining United for a reason. He felt connected to them and all that, right? But if you look at how it has turned out, and now that he would even as he stands, he wants to join a club that's in the Champions League right now. Even Man City do not want Man City now, if Man City offered now, he might he might he might consider signing for Man City at the moment. Man City do not want him. But this will tell me that listen, what was the point of United? You clearly see that they were in shambles. Yes, they were in shambles. If, if the everyday fan could see it, don't tell me somebody who is like who's a footballer who is in the nose or the you know of how the insides work. Not tell me that you do not believe that he doesn't know that things. No, come on, man. It can't be that delusional. Most football fans saw that United were in a big mess. 
right but i was just surprised that he chose oh he was loyalty and all that fine you go to loyalty stuff and now you know you want to leave you know and i'm also not interested so he's there's a great chance even chelsea were the ones who i think were most likely but now that chelsea outside they ain't signing him and chelsea obviously were interested they could afford him but they're not going to sign him it's just one of those right listen man you know i think they are it's just it's just really really very 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 good situation so he's not going to be staying put at mine they're very likely to stay put at mine united and play that europa league football you know i'm sure it's he's probably going to hurt him a lot you know but I'm just, I think it sort of reinforces why you should not really use emotions to make decisions in your career. But for me, I think you should have chosen Man City last season. I still think you should have. What you have by now, you'd have had to Premier League medal around your neck. Um, Champions League football, sure. You'd be a sort of Champions League football. Yes, you find you say many fans will hate you. I don't really think they will. I think it's one they might. Many of them might understand because if you think about it, they don't hate uh, Peter Schmeichel. They do not hate. They hate Tevez for other reasons, but I think if Tevez had good control, they would have really. Um, it, it would have. I don't think it was more of um, Tevez's um, crossing to Manchester. I, I said that. Listen, I don't think Manchester United, Manchester United, I don't think it's really as fierce as people. There are people are trying to hype it up to be. It's the one with Liverpool as the real one. You know, not really with the one with Man City, for obvious reasons. So crossing, even Hargreaves has played for both sides. So. If you look at if you look at it i don't really know i don't really know if you know if that would have been as much the, because now another fans are even accusing ronaldo of ruining their team right now you probably see that now listen this sort of reinforces a lot of i think i did an episode where i felt like Messi and ronaldo were finished at that at the level that you would think because listen this is my team players of Messi and ronaldo's quality you have to play to suit them because of the quality that they bring and what they are you have to go over there you have to play to suit them so if you're playing with ronaldo you have to play to suit ronaldo you have to create a pattern to play because he is clearly i mean it's ronaldo is messy these are these are figures in the game right so you have to play to suit them because of who they are now with personal like ronaldo you're playing him up front at united i think we're trying to do this to do that a lot and a lot of United fans felt like you know he, he wasn't he didn't know how to pr- he wasn't pressing as high as you were expecting to press he wasn't playing in a certain way so you can put Ronaldo on the bench, so you have to play Ronaldo, right? You can't put him on the bench. You have to play Ronaldo. So I think most clubs are designed against it because of that. And, and 10 years ago, mo- this is a no-brainer 10 years ago. But now, it's not really like that anymore because most fans are saying, listen, as it stands, I think we'll be better off not trying to tweak our system to suit him. You know, because he's not... He's, he, if it was 10 years ago, the people would do it. I mean, come on, if it was Mason Ronaldo. But now, Mason Ronaldo don't really have that level of... Um, influence as they did. I, I, I don't think they do, and it's showing that right now. It sounds unpopular because a lot of fans do not want to really accept that these guys will. It, it's normal they will retire, they will be finished eventually. It's normal, but they don't have that same appeal as they had 10 years ago. It's norm. It comes with age, and that's just what you have to see. But anyways, yeah. Um, like, I think my I think Ronaldo likes to stay put, but it remains to be seen if it happens. So I think it's likely to stay put at United, but. This is what it is. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, have a nice weekend, and um, hopefully we get more signings as a sports fan. Hopefully we get more signings in very soon as quick as possible. Because the Jets fans deal sort of made me be happy, made me happy. But I really, I think I want more signings now. To this, each of those questions I really filled up. Thanks for listening, and take care. Have a nice weekend.